Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. ArchiCAD is the official BIM software of the Entree Architect community. ArchiCAD BIM software enables design, collaboration, visualization, and project delivery no matter the project size or complexity with flexible licensing options and a dedicated support team to guide us along the way, ArchiCAD is an ideal choice for firms and projects of any size. I encourage you to reach out and talk to the folks at Graphisoft by visiting our own dedicated webpage at graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect. There's even an exclusive special offer waiting for our Entree Architect community. Go now to graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect and see how Graphisoft is positioned to help make your architecture firm a success. That's graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect. My name is Mark Arlapage and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. Leo McLeod, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Hey, Mark, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, you and I have very similar missions in our world. Um, and uh, I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation um, for those of you who don't know who Leo is, Leo is an author of the From the Ground Up stories and lessons from architects and engineers who learned to be leaders. And he's also co-authoring an upcoming book called Coaching and Mentoring for Dummies. He's the founder of Training, Coaching, and Pi, 
<laughs> Leo helps AEC firms with uh, leadership development, transition, emotional intelligence, and why baking pie is a great way to develop soft skills. He's a frequent speaker for the American Council of Engineering Companies and is a regular columnist over at our friends, the Zwei Group at the Zwei Letter. Um, and so, uh, Leo, welcome. Welcome to Entree Architect hey. Podcast. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> it's it's uh is is great to be here. Let me kind of get something out of the way, which sure. people always want to know about. They always want to know about the pie. Yeah, right? yeah, that was one of my questions. So let's go roll right, right into okay. that. Okay, well, right. What's your question? Yeah, why why pie? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Good one. Good one. Wait, way to tee it up. Okay, why pie? <laughs> Good question, Mark. <laughs> the first time um, I ever ever introduced anybody as a founder of training, coaching, and pie. Well, that's good. Thank God. Thank God there's not another person out there or else I'd be like, you know, in a world of hurt. Um, um, why pie? Um, well, there's, you, you'll hear there's, I have a lot of stories. This is a story. And the story is that many years ago, I had uh, the uh, president of a construction company uh, having come in and do a leadership training for project managers. And um, I said, okay, well, you know, who do you have in mind here to attend the class? He says, well, I thought we'd have everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought, well, you know, it works, it usually works better if the people actually want to be there because um, there's that synergy and people are invested in it. And like, you know, who are, who are some of your promising leaders? No, I think we're going to just have everyone. I think everyone needs to hear this. So I'm already thinking this is, like this is going to be an uphill battle to keep these people engaged because they're essentially being, <laughs> oh, I don't know, forced, coerced or whatever. Like, hey, you have to come to this thing. So anyway, so there's five sessions. They're over the lunch period. They're 90 minutes each. And what they do is they bring in pizza and soda and um, they cram the their little conference room with, I don't know, like 35 project managers and I'm looking around the room. I'm thinking, oh, man, like not everybody wants to be here. So I walk into the middle of the room and I say, okay, look, here's the deal. I get that not everybody wants to be here. So I'll make you a deal. If everyone sticks it out for five times, I'll make pie on the last day. <laughs> like where's where I came up with this, I think literally I just made it up on the spot because I didn't like, I didn't really have a plan. <laughs> uh, so we went through our session I come back a week later for session two and I say, well, you know, we talked about emotional intelligence, what that really means, why it's important. What are some things that you really remembered from that conversation? Safety manager raises his hand. Yeah, if we stick it out for five times, we get pie. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I get it. Okay, so I'm bribing them, that's fine. So they, everyone did stick it out for five times except for the safety manager. And the safety manager, in fact, as I was coming in through the door for the last session, he met me. He's coming, he's on his way out the door as I'm coming in. And in his hand was the world's most beautiful pie that he had baked the night before for me <laughs> to thank me for, well, I, you know, I mean, it was like I was getting paid. It wasn't like with volunteering, but he did it because he was grateful that he learned something about um, that leadership um, is more than just like doing the work. 
and doing the technical things. It's really about the relationships with people. It's really about caring. It's really about building those relationships, communicating, um, managing your energy. It's just, it's really at the base of it's about people. Um, we're still in the people business. And I, I, you know, I think if there's anything that I try to communicate through my work, it's like, this is a people business. You have to care about them. You have to take care of them. You have to understand them. You have to relate to them, whether they're, you work alongside them in the office where you report to them, or if you like serve them. I mean, it's not like we're, we're building things for no one. It's like, there's this relationship that we need to pay attention to. Anyway, he got that. He got that. And one of the concepts that I talk about um, in the book and, and, uh, and in the class is this idea of, that we all have these emotional bank accounts. You can either make deposits or withdraws, period. You know, as Maya Angelou says, people won't remember what you say or do. They'll remember how you make them feel. That's right. And look, I don't care how good of a design you have or how awesome you are. If you're, if you're, kind, of a, if you're kind of a jerk, people are not going to want to work with you. They're not going to um, want to hire you. I had a real estate, um, it was a client, was a very big real estate developer in, um, in Portland. Tell me once, he says, look, construction is a messy business. You're going to have to get down into the ditch and get dirty. The question is, um, when you get out of that ditch, you ask yourself, who do you want to get back into the ditch with next time? That's right. Right. I mean, it's things happen. Yeah. But are people respectful? Are they, are they thoughtful? Are they fair? I mean, so, so yeah, it's a long winded way of saying there's a story behind pie. He was bringing this pie for me that kind of just, um, you know, was a way of thanking me, but it became a metaphor. It became a metaphor because it, 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 you know, there's no better way to kind of soften people up than bring pie. You know, you can bring in somebody who's just like, I don't care about this emotional intelligence, put a pie in front of that person. And they, <laughs> and they just like, they, they go to a different place, right? They start thinking about what kind of pie they like or the pie their mom made. So it's, it's, you know, it started as kind of a bit of a gimmick, but it's got a heart to it. So that's the story behind pie. Yeah. And, and pies are, you know, I want to continue on the pie train here because. <laughs> Good. Sure. We'll pie, talk about it. Pie <laughs> is usually made often made, not always, often made mm. by hand, right? At home. Right, right. Right. If we're talking about a cherry pie or an apple pie, you know, not a store bought pie, which you obviously can buy, but, but when somebody mm. makes you a pie, they mm. have to be intentional about it and they need to mm. take time and care and, you know, you have to tend over it. And then you give that to somebody, it really means that, you know, that you made mm -hmm. an, had an impact on them, right? That it's, yeah. that it's something that you're worthy yeah. of that pie. Um, I think that's a very good analogy for business and the way we work. Yeah, I love that. I mean, yeah, I, you're right. I mean, I, I am a pie maker. It's not like this whole training coaching pie is just like a, a business marketing branding gimmick. It's just, it really is who I am. I mean, you know, if I don't show up to a party with a pie, then I get a hard, people give me a hard time. I mean, and, <laughs> and, but I love it. If I'm stressed out or I'm feeling depleted, you know, I just go into the kitchen. I'm a cook, I'm a baker. But for me, there's something about pie, which is exponential. Um, it's a little bit like a design, like like a really great design of a building in that it's not just a design. It 
ignites people. It brings them together. It's, you know, it's, it's exciting. There's something about the doing that you're sharing with people that they get such a kick out of it. I'm like, it's just a pie. I mean, I like for me to make a pie is a very little effort. Like I can do it in my sleep. I've made, I don't know how many pies I've made so many of them, but I, I really get a kick out of, you know, presenting it and seeing how excited people get yeah. um, about it. And I, I think that there's, if we kind of continue the metaphor a little bit of the algae, I, I think there's, I think any good designer, any good architect wants to feel that, that they present a, des, a, a design and people are like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I, I think it's pride, also... pride of ownership, you know, uh absolutely 100 percent. and and um baking is a creative right there's a lot of people who love to bake right. but don't like to cook right because baking right. is creative right um right. and um you know it how did how did you get started leo how, going going back to the yeah. beginning what inspired you to do what you do well you know we you and i were talking before the show about you being a just a, a serial entrepreneurs just you know you grew up your dad was in business you want to be in business and it just got into your skin and you know that that's that's my story i mean i'm from the east coast i'm originally from the hudson valley um and um born on long island moved upstate and, and um um you know i i and then i moved up to maine <clears throat> and i remember just hanging out in a cabin in maine um, drinking homebrew <laughs> and uh, eating out in the garden, you know, kind of back to the land kind of thing. But, you know, sitting around and just spending hours drinking homebrew and talking with my brother about all these different businesses that we could create. Um, I mean, I come from a family of, you know, like people who just like to, like my brothers are house painters. My brother owns a restaurant. My brother does real estate. Um, my sister's got a coaching business, you, you know, it's sort of, uh, my other sister's got like a marketing consultant business actually for like the building trades. So we're just, we're just like fired that way. I think it's maybe a little bit, our dad was always kind of, um, a, I would call fledgling. He wasn't really a super successful business person on his own, but, um, he, he just had that bug, you know, you, you either, you either understand that or not that the, it's really the, the love of, of putting it together. You know, I was, I was, I don't know, I was at a function last night, like a networking thing. And I'm talking to somebody about helping him out. And I, I could just feel myself excited about putting the deal together. And I don't mean that in a, like, uh, oh, I'm going to make money. It's like, yeah. I get yep. I get to come up with something out of thin air from a freaking conversation, help somebody and make really good money. And to me, you know what I mean? It's like, how much fun is this? Right. I I, I love the um, I mean, I've had businesses where I made T-shirts. I've had I was in business doing um, early on. I was actually in the trade. So I was I was in construction. I was a house painter and um you know, I was 18 years old. I had a 1961 Chrysler Imperial Day that I bought for a hundred dollars. And, um, and I put a sign on the back of the Chrysler Imperial saying, you know, Leo McLeod, you know, the job done right, which was like a total joke because, you know, I wasn't, <laughs> I really didn't know what I was doing. I was 18 years old. I was getting all my information from 
Reader's Digest Illustrated Guide to, uh, you know, home repair. <laughs> but <laughs> I liked, I, I just liked the entrepreneurial um, aspect of, of, of stretching myself. And, 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 and so anyway, I, I, you know, early on, I had that bug. I traveled out, I hitchhiked across the country when I was, um, well, I was 20. Yeah, I was 20. So I hitchhiked across and I landed in Portland, Oregon, and um, and I actually worked for worked as a uh, for a paint contractor, and and I was fortunate to <laughs> to marry a woman who said, you know what, I you really should be like using your brain to make <laughs> to make a living. You're you're too good <laughs> to just be um, a house painter, and and I, I knew that, and and she supported me. I went to school. Uh, I went um, got a degree in English. And uh, and people say, what do you do with degree in English? And yet it was like such a great degree for me because look, I write like I, I'm writing my second book now and I write all the time and I'm in the communication business and, you know, I, I've made good money in many ways through my writing communication skills. Anyway, so I went to school later on in life, got my degree. I hopped around. I went into fundraising. I went into advertising. I went into working in a library as the, you'd love this, Mark, entrepreneurial coordinator. So I came up with business ideas for the library, like putting a Starbucks in a library and putting a gift store in it. Like you would have had so much fun because you just like make, get to make up stuff. People say, yeah, that sounds good. I don't know. Go ahead. You just do it. Rent the space after hours. So I did that. Um, but then, then I was just like, I think I got laid off. I, yeah, I got laid off. I was like, kind of like ran out of steam on the job. It's like, well, we don't have anything else for you to do. So then I was hopping around and I ran into a, a friend of mine that I knew from somebody I knew from fundraising. And they said, Hey, um, you know, we're trying to expand our market and um, you know, we need to kind of understand how we can break into other markets. You know, can, can you help us with that? Well, they ended up to be Girding Eland, which is like one of the most prestigious real estate development firms they proved they did a lot of the very um forward kind of designs make a lot of mixed use development so that's when that was big back in the you know, let's see 90s probably yeah uh 2000s so um and i don't know why he he thought that i could actually help him it's a, a total mystery but one i found that i fell into this field I literally fell into it and people would say, Hey, could you help us do this? And I don't know why they even asked me if I could help them with, you know, communication skills for engineers, um, doing publicity for a new building, um, you know, getting articles published in, you know, um, you know, magazines and like, all right. I, you know, I, I, I just kind of followed my instincts. And once I had really a one really good client, everyone believed I knew what I was doing. So it just, it kind of just, I just leapfrogged and built on it. And, and then I found that I really liked it, you know, because architects and engineers and construction folks appreciate what I do, right? They appreciate this, that, that they know that they need the soft skills and that's something I can do. And I'm a quick learner about like my real, my real skill is being able to really get the gist of any particular situation. Like you can talk to me about a building design and I'm going to boil it down to make it simple and relevant and, 
and that's a lot of what I do through my coaching. So anyway, I think I answered your question. That was a long-winded sure. origin. So you, yeah. you today you primarily work with architects, engineers, and construction mm -hmm. coaching and consulting. Is that primarily what you do? Do I've worked with I've worked with insurance companies, manufacturing, high tech, uh, financial services because it's all pretty universal. Uh, but yeah, my my bread and butter, my core is still you know in this industry. So you have a new book called From, From the Ground Up: Stories. And lessons from architects and engineers who learned to be leaders. What's what's the background on the book? Why why did you write a book like that? Well, it it, it you know it encapsulates basically what I teach. Like if you took a my four session course in leadership, that's you would be following the curriculum of the book. And I'm 65. I don't want to work as hard as I have. So I was looking for some different ways of, because uh, I'm an entrepreneur, passive income. And uh, frankly, I was also just tired of repeating myself. Like, here's how to delegate, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah. you know what? I'm just going to write it, read it, and then let's have a conversation. So I wanted to expand my own business model and do something a little different. And it happens that you know, by creating, I got these things called pocket tools. Pocket tools are just online. It's an online course with short videos that happen to reflect what's going on in the book. Yeah, pocket tools. You can it, find pocket tools at, on the website. It's uh, leomcleod.com slash pocket dash tools. We'll have a link on yeah. that on the show notes for anybody who wants to look at that. Thank you. So, you know, I, I wrote the book so that people for, you know, 20 bucks can get the course. Right. It was like, you know what, you want to learn how to do it, read it. If you want to, if you don't have time to read it, you know, subscribe to the pocket tools, you know, so I've got, that's something that, you know, I charge on a subscription basis and I, I bundle like pocket tools subscription with a book. And it's like a different model that yeah. doesn't require me to, well, frankly, it doesn't require me to be in a classroom, but also just as importantly, it doesn't, um, it means people are learning on their own, on their own schedule and, and, and it's an affordable option. I can go into a firm of, I don't like 30, like 50 people. And they say, well, we don't want to spend a lot of money on this. I'm like, okay, we'll just like buy a bunch of the books. They're not that expensive. I'll give you a discount. And then I'll just come in and we'll have some conversations about what people are learning. And that that's actually kind of the model that I'm, I'm moving into. So like my own interests in writing the book, you know, also coincide with where I think the market is, which is more people wanting to learn on their own. And yeah, yeah, and and have that resource. So yeah, that's why the I did book, it. The book is is an excellent book. It's very well written. Lots of stories. Thank you. Clearly Thank you. a storyteller. Um, <laughs> it sort of reminds me, and it's not the same book, obviously, but it reminds me of the E Myth. It has the same sort of vibe with storytelling. Mm. Um, written, written sort of in a similar, similar way. It's, it's, um, but it's sort of, it's a manual, right? It's a manual for success. How I look at it, um, for architects and engineers and construction people, um, sort of your lessons, uh, that you've been teaching all these years and in a really concise way, uh, step-by-step, step, right? So it's, it's like a manual yeah. for success for leadership. Yeah, I hope so. I, I mean, I, I'm very um, practically minded. Like I don't, I don't like business books that are like where the author is so in love with what they're saying that 
you're not really sure like why is this useful what am i getting out of this like i've written i've, I've read so many business books i thought wow this guy's brilliant right but i can't remember a damn thing or why it was important i'm impressed by it i didn't want to i didn't want to impress people i just wanted to give something bill i also wanted to share stories frankly a lot of this um was I don't say memorializing, that sounds kind of, maybe honoring is a better word. Honoring like the the struggles of people who have gone through that transition from doing to leading and, and you know, not losing their life, not going crazy. I mean, I honestly, uh, a lot of my work was fueled by sitting across from someone who was in tears, you know, breaking down because they felt like a failure. They felt like a failure at home, at work. They're letting people down and they're putting so much pressure on themselves. And I'm like, oh, I'm naturally, of course I'm a pie maker. I'm naturally empathetic kind of guy. So I'm like, I got to find a way of helping these people. And a lot, everything in the book is geared towards how can I help people who are we're really challenged with this idea of, boy, I'd really like to step into a position, but but that sounds really overwhelming. I don't even know where to start. Um, am I really ready for this? Part of me says yes, and part of me is like, I don't know. And that's who I'm trying to help. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's, look, it's, I'm not making this stuff up. It's all the stories are people who taught me stuff as well, right? I mean, I learned, I learned as much from people as they did for me, because it's a little bit like, um, we just kind of think about it as a little bit of a lap, right? It's like, I'm always, I'm going to the laboratory and yeah. figuring stuff out. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors for their support of this episode. This episode is supported by Travel by Design, an original podcast from Marriott Bonvoy Traveler. Behind the facade of every world-class hotel, there's a story waiting to be heard. Join host Hamish Kilburn as he meets the architects, the designers, and the visionaries who dive deep into the craft of design and connect us to the world's most extraordinary travel experiences. On each episode, Hamish chats with the creative mind behind a one-of-a-kind hotel to hear what inspired their concept, how they brought it to life, and what it's like to enjoy the space as a traveler. From a secluded overwater villa in the Maldives, to a renovated royal palace in Budapest, to a, to a trendy hotspot in downtown LA. If you're a designer who loves to travel to unique and inspiring locations, or someone like me who just loves to learn the stories behind the designs of these special places, Travel by Design is the podcast for you. I just finished listening to the episode about Muir Halifax, a maritime-inspired luxury hotel in Nova Scotia. The husband and wife team of Alessandro Mung and Grace Zappelli, they shared their process and their precedents for the interiors, the furnishings, and the art collection. And they, they talked about how they integrated a unique one-of-a-kind autograph collection into their design. The conversation among Hamish, the editor of Hotel Design, so he brings his own unique perspective, the conversation between Hamish and the designers of this special place, they make you feel like you're there with them. In this episode that I just listened to, they talk about the history and the qualities of the seaside environment in which this hotel is located and the raw elements of Halifax, 
that inspired the design and the precise details of the materials used, the, the way that the, the light comes through the window, the way the, the wood and the leather feel. The conversation was so interesting and most interesting because Alessandro and Grace had just returned to that hotel as guests. So they just experienced for themselves the beauty and the surprises that they purposely designed into their project. I love design, but, but even more, I love the stories about how designs came to be. This podcast not only inspires me as a creative, hearing the process other designers go through to create these unique one-of-a-kind experiences, but it also connects with me through the storytelling, as if each place was the backdrop of some exciting narrative that the travelers who visit experience. So check out Travel by Design. And if you're anything like me, I think it may find a new spot on your podcast playlist. Search for Travel by Design in your podcast player of choice, or just click the link in the show notes for this episode. And many thanks to Marriott Bonvoy and Travel by Design for their support. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. There's a lot to love about being an entrepreneur architect, right? But trying to figure out our financials on our own is not one of those things. Luckily, we have FreshBooks, the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like us. FreshBooks takes all the not-so-fun parts of running a business, from building and tracking invoices, to managing online payments, to organizing expenses, and automates them. With features like the digital bills and receipt scanner, saving you up to 11 hours a week in the process. It's also super easy to get up and running. And the award-winning FreshBooks support team, they are always available to answer any questions along the way. Compare that to some of the other financial management tools out there. Try FreshBooks for free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com architect to get started today. That's freshbooks.com architect. So what will you do with 11 more hours each week? This episode is brought to you by rcat.com. We all have that one story, that one project that had such a unique situation that it required a solution that you had rarely considered before. We share these stories in private professional circles with our friends and our colleagues, but there has never been a collection of these stories of conflict and triumph all in one place until now. Detailed is a podcast series that features architects, engineers, builders, and manufacturers who share their insights and expertise as they highlight some of the most complex, interesting, and oddball building conditions that they have ever encountered, and the ingenuity it took to solve them. Join host Sharice Lakeside, aka CSI Kraken, a senior specifications writer at RDH Building Science as she uncovers lessons learned to help you navigate similar challenges that may arise in your next project. Detailed, an original podcast by Artcat. Listen and subscribe right now at artcat.com slash podcast. That's arcat.com slash podcast. A-R-C-A-T dot com slash podcast. Detailed. Every building has a story. Please visit our sponsors today and thank them. Thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. When I was reading it, I felt like this could be for anybody, right? This could be for somebody who's starting their own firm and, and expecting to grow and learn the lessons of leadership or somebody who's had a firm for a long time 
and is looking for the answers, right? I've been struggling on how to make this thing work, right? As a business and as a, as a, in a leadership position. Um, when you wrote it, who specifically did you write it for? Yeah, that's a good question. So number one, I, you know, my, my wife said, well, don't make it so specific to architects and engineers because she's an entrepreneur herself, right? And I thought, yeah, it's a good point because it's pretty universal. I mean, mm -hmm. anybody yeah. can pick this yeah. up. Yeah, but then business. I thought, you know, it's business, right? Except I'm like, no, this is, this is the stories of architects and engineers. I could try to mask it, but why? I just need to be honest. That's number one. And number two, this industry really needs this help. Yes. And number three, there's really not much out there for it, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're going to try to Google that, you're going to try to do like a basic management book, you know, good luck trying to stand out in the world of Amazon and online stuff. But if, but, but if you get more specific and more targeted, like I did, you know, my, this is my business strategy. It's like, well, no, you know, it's better to be kind of, known in a particular space and talk to a specific group. But um, um, I, what was your question? Who did you write I it for? Do you have something oh, yeah, yeah, specific yeah, in mind? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could just kind of, I'm just thinking of someone I'm working with now who kind of represents a, a typical person and, you know, they've been at a firm for eight years or so. They're very competent. Um they're well respected, um, but they, you know, they're kind of questioning, like, what are they doing, and 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 what, what what's it worth? Like, why why am I here? You know, who am I working for? What am I trying to get out of life? I just feel like I'm just saying yes to everybody. Every day is the same. It's like with treadmill. I don't know how to advocate for myself. I don't know how to say no. I get frustrated um, when people. I'm, I'm trying to manage, don't do the work up to my standards. Um, it's just, it's for those people who are just really, <laughs> are really dissatisfied, right? And are really challenged by, um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's the work. I mean, look, this business, as you know, and I say it early on, it's really hard. It's harder than other businesses because you actually have to be like an entrepreneur you have to be you have to have your own business you you have to you know very little support systems in place you know you have to do that you have to do the work you have to manage the people you have to go out and get your own work and then when you're like an owner you get to like figure out like are we going to lease this space um you know, oh, we got a lawsuit from an employee or uh, what, how much is our insurance costing us on top of getting more clients, on top of managing people, on top of getting your billable work done. I mean, I, I work with so many principals that had these responsibilities and they would send, they, they put out a spreadsheet and they'd show me a spreadsheet and they say, look, you know, firm ownership, senior partner, the partners track billable hours. This is where I'm at. They want me up. Like it doesn't stop. It's not like you get to sort of coast at some point. It's like, yeah, I'm a manager. I, I don't do the work anymore. It's like, no, you still do the work because it's, it's, everything is built on billable hours. So because of that, this business is really particularly challenging on uh, to, as you're moving up to balance it all, all the demands of it. It's tricky. Yeah. One of the things that I noticed is that the book in terms of teaching about leadership is different than past generations of architects. 
uh, past generations of architects have very often been, you know, this is a tough road. You're going to have a tough road. You're going to have to pay your dues. It's almost a hazing as you come up through the, the architecture firm uh, on the way you're treated, the type of work that you get. Um, the, the way you're teaching leadership, which is very much my philosophy as well, is that it's based, it's human focused, right? It's about caring for people. Uh, and acknowledging them as human beings and and giving them the responsibilities and the and the guidelines in order to achieve the the goals that they want to achieve it's not about this is the way it's going to be and you're going to do it my way um, it's much more focused and and you're going back to the to the idea of pies pies are about love right it's about caring for 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 our our fellow workers and the people that we work with. If you have a culture built on that, right? At the end of every podcast, I've been saying it for years. I have, uh, my, my mantra is love, learn, share. Those are the three things that I'm teaching the world is to love one another, to share with one another and to learn with one another. Um, and I think that the, the, what you're teaching in your book is very similar. Is that something that was important to you? And, and where did that come from? Where, what was, in, what inspired you to, to teach it that way? Hmm. Um, interesting question. What inspired me to say it again? To what, focus what, on the human side of it, right? That it's oh, that leadership uh -huh. because past, past the, in the past in architecture yeah. and other industries, uh, often leadership has been about, you know, this is, we're setting up the rules and you're going to follow our rules. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and today yeah, yeah. things are shifting, right? Our, the, the entire world is shifting. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and I think it's generational and I, but I think that, uh, it's necessary, especially in, in the times that we're living today with such conflict yeah, and such yeah, division yeah, that yeah. the, the idea of, uh, that we're all in this together, right. And to support one another and to care for one another and to learn and to yeah, share what you know, yeah, um, yeah. really, will be you will be much more successful that way than the way it was done in the past yeah 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 um i i was just i was letting that sink in to 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 to, to try to think about something a little <laughs> i don't know more profound or something because i mean my first reaction is like well that's that's who i am i'm oriented towards people i care but 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 i would answer it kind of in a different way of what really motivates me. What really motivates me is to reach the people who don't care about the soft skills, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Who don't yes. don't get what you just said. They don't give a shit about, sorry, love, learn, you know, flourish. It's like, I mean, that's my language, but that's not theirs. So it's a little bit like I go back to that pie story where I just walk in and say, hey, look, right. I get it. You don't want to be here. I'm going to give you pie, okay? Shut up and learn. <laughs> yeah, you know, I right. can be like I because I'm maybe it's because I'm a, a New Yorker that you know I can be I can be direct, right? I I have a I have a compassionate side and I have a very grounded, no BS kind of a very direct kind of style. And so I'm really for me, I love that challenge of working with people who are resistant to it, yeah. right? Who who just think this stuff is like you know what, people don't change, uh, it doesn't matter, work speaks for itself, I, I didn't have to, no one helped me, all that stuff. And I'm like, you know what, 
let's let's go let's let's get in the ring <laughs> right yeah uh, yeah yeah no because you know here's the deal here's what i would say to those people some i'd say look you go ahead and do that and see how that works for you right see how long you hold on to people see how well they perform in a very like quantifiable terms quantifiable terms that you can relate to like do they do the work do they show up do they quit um are they uh uh, are they giving you a hard time? Um, are you spending more time kind of dealing with these problems? In other words, if you don't care about this stuff at all and you just care about getting work done and you don't want to deal with all the problems, then you do need to care about this stuff because, right, right the reality is that, like I'll give you an example. I use that emotional bank account kind of example, which is a really easy way for people to say, look, if you just want to make withdrawals with people, you're not going to get work. It's going to be harder. Your life is going to be harder if you just make withdrawals. If you don't care, then just start taking count. Start looking at your own life. You know, I had somebody who was a a, a, a principal at a at a firm who wanted to um, be the architect of record for like a really large university. I said, well, that sounds like a good. I use this analogy of a mountain, right? It's like three years from now, I want to be the guy that they they call all the time. It's like, that's, that sounds good. So what are you, you know, what's a challenge in that regard? He says, well, hmm. Yeah. I, um, I yelled at, you know, the main, um, uh, project manager for the university in a meeting in a, in a public meeting. I said, he says, you know, there's just some holes that you don't dig yourself out of. So if you want to be difficult and if you don't want to care, see how well that works for you. Right. Right. I, if you I, want to do I certain agree. work, right. You know what I mean? It's back to kind of my analogy. I said, real estate developers, it's like, it's a dirty business. You just have to say, who do you want to get back in the ditch with? It's yeah. like, I'm not going to work with you. You're, you're a pain. You don't, you, you don't care. You don't have to be, you know, I love people who are really direct, but you have to be respectful. That's really what it's about. You just can't be like cruel and uncaring. You don't have to be, you don't have to be me. Because I'm a very, I'm an emotional person. I care. I, I'm not trying to get you to be like me. I'm just trying to connect the dots here. Right. Um, that, like I had somebody, I work for a manufacturing company and they wanted me to come in and teach emotional intelligence. And I thought, why do you want me to do this? Well, we just think our project managers could use it. And I thought, that doesn't, I and mean, that sounds too soft. So <laughs> the first meeting I've got about 15 of these project managers around the room and I go around and I say, well, you know, what do you hope to get out of this? And they're all giving me like the answers you want, like, oh, it's it's important right. to get around with people and I think this is good and all this. And I get to this woman and she says, I don't even know why I'm here. It's like, I don't eat this shit. It's like, you know, either you, people like me or not. That's their problem. And I thought, oh, that's why I'm here. <laughs> I'm here for that person. So I got the coach here and I just gave it to her straight. I said, look, why are you making life so difficult for yourself? I mean, you can fight these battles with your peers about who's right or wrong, but can I just offer something up for you? Can you just try something? Like next time you want to say something that's really going to cause like a conflict, just like bite your tongue. Just bite it. Just don't say anything. And then I want you to come back to me and tell me how that worked. Right. Just try it. And she does. She, next time she's like, yeah, she was totally different. I said, well, what's, what went on? She says, I didn't say anything. I wanted to, but I didn't. And I said, how'd that work for you? He says, you know what? 
I didn't get worked up. Um, I didn't have to deal with the aftermath of it. I could get back to work. I mean, if people are not about the touchy-feely stuff, then pay attention to the stuff so you don't have, so it doesn't dominate your life. Does that make sense? So emotions aren't so in play. Uh, it's, I, mean, I know I'm, I, I know you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, our listeners may not, but 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 the but you know, caring. The way I look at it is, caring is good business. Right, that caring that, is good business. Caring is right. good business. That that especially in today, in the in in the time that we're living in now, where everybody, every firm is looking for help. They're all trying to differentiate themselves. We have this new way of working with this this uh, hybrid remote possibility where where some of us are working in the office and some of us are working at home, and um, people are looking for flexibility and freedom in their lives and this integration between firm and family. If you don't acknowledge that and you don't start treating people as humans and caring for them, they're going to go somewhere that will they will find that. Period. Period. That's it. And you know what? To your point, um, this whole conversation of why should caring matter is is has become crystallized over the last few years. I yes. mean, it is firms that didn't really get this that didn't uh, like they didn't understand culture what do we need culture for right, right? right. like they now there's like oh we need culture because we are right. losing people we can't yeah. keep people and if we can't do that guess what we can't we can't do the work we have to turn down work we don't make money we don't get raises we don't get to go to right. tahiti i mean we don't get to retire i mean it's like they're making the connection that um Look, people need support and you need they need to know that you care about it. And and it's true. I don't like to generalize, but it it is particularly true of younger people um are a little well, I would say they're like they're smarter about this whole thing. They're like, hey, it's not all about work. Right. We always get these like, you know, Gen Xers and millennials, like, oh, you know, they don't they're not as devoted to work. It's like, yeah. So what's wrong with that? <laughs> what's wrong? Exactly. What's wrong with having more balance in your life? It's like, oh, you know, how dare they? It's like they're not like totally committed to working all the time. It's like, yeah, well, is so that just happens to be how you, you know, more of a boomer kind of mentality, but doesn't make it right. It's just you know, it's uh, there's kind of a bit of a right sizing. I'm, I mean, I mean personally, I'm yeah. all about work life balance. I've had it in my own world, right. so it's an easy thing for me to get. And people don't hire me if they don't believe in that work-life balance, they just don't. Cause I'm a big advocate of, of personal and professional. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, and that, that, that runs through it. So. And that goes back to just exactly what we're just saying. That work-life balance is not an option anymore. Right? No. Everybody is expecting that now. And if you're not going to, to acknowledge that you're going to be going out of business, you know, and, and you said that, that firms, some firms are now recognizing that culture is important. And the thing about culture is that culture can't be installed. It's not something you can flip a switch or start building tomorrow and have it done by the end of the week. Culture is cultivated. It takes time and intention. Um, it's like a garden, right? It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lot of care and love to, to grow a garden that looks beautiful. It's the same with culture. You have to be intentional about it. It has to be real, it has to be authentic. Um, and it takes time and patience. And so firms that have that recognize that and have been building their culture over over years built on humanity and caring are going to thrive in these coming years. And the firms that didn't recognize that and are now recognizing that and are now hiring people to start installing culture in their firms 
it's going to take a lot longer and hopefully they'll be able to survive because the employees who are going to work for them are going to the firms that care about them. Exactly. No, I absolutely agree. And I think the challenge in architecture and in engineering is that it's still very much led by the design process, by the technical side of it. It's like design first, design first. It's all about, you know, we're talking about the value of the profession in terms of the doing of it and and not so much about what you're talking about, which is the culture of it. And um, I do, I agree with you totally. I think there's could be a little bit of a right sizing there about firms being able to say, yes, we value design, but right. not at the expense of people. I mean, right. it's they, they're, they're hand in hand. It's not right. about it's this not is a design exclusive. firm first. Exactly. It's like, hey, we, we're all about great design here. I don't care if I, you know, alienate you or piss you off. You know, it's either, you know, you get, you get on board or you're out of here. It's like, okay, I, I guess that's a business model. It's not one I understand. I mean, I just think as you, to your point, I just think more firms would be like, you know, writing's on the wall. We need to, it, you'd like to think that people want to do that, but I also feel like people are going to realize they need to do it. That's, yes, that's yes. the point I'm trying to make. Very right? much. Very Even much. if you don't want to do it, you're going to need to do it. Yes. Yep. So, so uh, Leo, I ask one question at the end of every podcast here, um, and I'd love your take on this. Um, we have thousands of small firm architects, lots of business leaders, lots of business owners. Um, what would you say is the one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a business, a better business? Um, I think it's really important to uh, take time to talk to your people. I think that's it. I mean, stop doing the work, stop doing other stuff, stop answering your emails, just put it down and go out for coffee, especially now we need more connection. We need to get out of Zoom land and and we need to meet with people and and have that agenda of just asking how they're doing. Like a simple question, how's it going? But really be curious about that. Like want to know how they are doing. Um, it's not like you're asking, it's not like you have to solve their problems for them, but back to kind of what we're talking about, it just shows that you're, you know, you're interested and you're curious and you're caring yeah. and, um, and, and then find out also like, where, where are they going? Like, what is their mountain three years from now, personally and professionally, what does life look like for them? Because if you have that piece of information, then you can help those people get there. Um, it's a very, it's, it's the way I start my coaching conversations, the way I start my training. What is your mountain? Where are you going? What, you know, personally and professionally, what's your vision look like even three years from now? What is that, 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 um, you know, what's that future look like? Uh, if you ask your people that, um, it'll blow, it'll blow them away. Like, wow, they, they actually, this person actually cares about yeah. where I'm going because if you have that information, you can start what I would call negotiating um, what they're doing, because there's going to be some stuff that's not part of their mountain. Right. Or like, oh man, I really have to, I have to do this work. It's so boring. But if you know their mountain, you can talk to them in terms of, look, I know where you want to go. I need you to do this thing here. I know what you want to do. I know you want to work on more sustainability stuff, but you know, we've got a, 
um, you know, we got a manufacturing facility we need to put, you know, <laughs> you know tilt up construction and industrial park. You need to do this, right? <laughs> you need to do a really um, small, like, landscaping plan. I know you want to do things that bring in the community, but that's not what's needed here. And have – and understand where people want to go and be able to get, help give them purpose to the work that they're doing. And I think that's probably the most important thing that it can say is that find out where people want to go and every day give them purpose to want to not only stick around, but do their best work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's in the book. It's all in the book. The, uh, the book is called from the ground up stories and lessons from architects and engineers who learned to be leaders. His name is Leo McLeod. You can learn more about Leo and the book and all kinds of other things at leomcleod.com. Um, the online toolkit is Pocket Tools. That's leomcleod.com slash pocket dash tools. There's a link on Leo's website for that. Uh, we'll have all those links on our website on our the show notes for this episode. So just go to the show notes for this episode. We'll have links to all of that. Leo, thank you. Thank you for um, for the work that you do and for spreading the word about uh, leadership and how leadership is done well. Uh, thank you for writing this book. I think it's an important book and I highly recommend that everybody, whether you're running a firm of 800 people or you're running a firm of eight people, this is a book that you're going to learn a lot from about leadership and business. Uh, has some great stories. It's a manual, right? It's a step-by-step -step process. It gives you hmm. this, try this, do this, see how it works. Try this, do this, see awesome. how it works. It's very well written. Highly recommend it. We'll have a link to that as well on the show notes. Leo, thank you for coming by and sharing your knowledge at Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. If you liked this episode of Entree Architect Podcast, please share a rating, write a review, and share a link to this episode with a friend. I know I say this every episode. I hope you're doing it. I hope you do it right now because that's how Entree Architect has grown to serve thousands more architects just like you. Share a rating, write a review, and share a link to this episode with a friend. Thank you to RCAT, FreshBooks, and Travel by Design for their support of this episode. Go check them out. Links to all our sponsors and all the resources that we discussed today are available on the show notes for this episode found at entrearchitect.com slash podcast. Entre Architect is a member of the Gable Media Podcast Network. It's the network dedicated to architects, engineers, and construction pros. Go listen and subscribe to all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And before we wrap up, a special thank you to our partners at Graphisoft for helping our community of architects make the transition to BIM with ArchiCAD software. Go now to graphisoft.com slash US slash EntreeArchitect to see how Graphisoft is positioned to help make your architecture firm a success. Visit graphisoft.com slash US slash EntreeArchitect to learn more. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark R. LePage. Love, learn, and share what you know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. 
where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.